Episode 50 of Stick to Hockey Live with myself, Jason Martinez, and a man uh, that is, uh, we've been waiting on a couple weeks. I know you were fighting off the COVID again. You sounded yep. like shit. You didn't look like shit, and you didn't feel like shit, so that's good. No, yeah. So far different experience this time around than uh, your first time, because <laughs> you had a bad the first time. That's we true. We were hoping you weren't going to check out. Yeah, it was funny. We talked about that, Jay. Um, you know, we recorded Snow the Goalie, and we, we talked about it, and and Bundy was like, man, I remember, you know, I, I, I had call, I had called Zach. I was trying to get in touch with you. And Zach was like, oh, Anthony might not make it. He's, you know, got COVID. And, and then like all these people were saying that I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And, I, and then I remember sitting in the hospital. And at the time, I didn't realize how bad it was. Right. I had yeah. no idea because I'm on high flow oxygen. I actually felt OK. I wasn't on a ventilator. So I kind of thought like, oh, you know, I, I got a bad case of COVID, but I'm going to beat it. And I didn't realize how bad it was until after I left the hospital. But I'm watching the Flyers game that night. And all of a sudden, I hear JJ and Jonesy, like, sending out their best wishes, hoping that, you know, it's it's really, you know, it's really tough for Anthony right now. It's like, hopefully, everybody's pulling forward. One of them let him know everybody's pulling forward. And I'm like, who told these people I'm dying? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, I didn't where did this come out. from? Like, I, nobody told me. Yeah, you know, but uh, as it turned out, and then like, you watched the game and you wanted to turn off the oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> but what ended up happening was um, my sister had been who was had been in touch with uh, the nurses. I mean, she was my point of contact because it's got to remember this was at a time you weren't allowed any visitors in the hospital. Yeah. I was by myself. I had no one. My 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 kids couldn't come. Nobody could come see me. So my sister was my point of contact, and I guess the nurses had told her how bad off I was what they hadn't told me and my sister had contacted my boss had contacted Kyle Scott had contacted Russ and then you know the, Russ let the flyers know and so like there was like this whole and now that's why my phone started blowing up I'm like who's telling all these people yeah. how did they find out you know because I didn't tell anyone yeah and um that and now it's chain. getting built up even worse every yeah. step that it takes <laughs> yes oh my yes. god Anthony yeah. has he's he's on death's doorstep. And yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I mean, that's what it was. And so, uh, yeah. So, of course, as soon as, you know, my family found out that I had COVID again, like all of a sudden everybody panicked. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this is, I'm fine. This is nowhere close yeah. to the same thing, you know. So it right. certainly was not. But it was a scarier time in January of 21 than it yeah. was in February of 23. That's for sure. Well, we're glad you sound good again, too. Um, Thanks. And here's where I want to start. I want to ask you a very interesting question off out of the out of the gate here. Yeah. And I'm I'm so interested to get your response. I don't even know what my answer is at this point. But to this point in the season, they're 55 games in. I think they're, you know, at 55 games last year, they had 43 points. This year they have 54. Um, that's almost secondary. But to this point, all things considered, you know, the injuries in the beginning of the season, no Atkinson, no Couturier new coaching staff, um, all elements here. Has this season through 55 games so far been a success? That's a great question, Jay. Um, I, 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 I want to say, I'm going to say yes, but with a caveat. Okay. okay. Or, or how would you term it? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been successful. It has. And, and one of the things that, and, and we were talking about this on the pod too, is that, you know, 
kudos to the team for for getting some butts in seats. They're not selling out by any stretch of the imagination. But we, you remember, there were games last year where there was nobody in that building. It was yeah. the worst it's ever been. And this year, there have been people going. That's not selling out, but it's it's there's decent crowds. And that's because the team is competitive night in and night out, right? I mean, they're in almost every game. I mean, yes, there's going to be clunkers here and there, but that is for everybody. And what the way Torts, what Torts has done is he's made this team buy into uh, a system, and it's really a defensive system, defensive defense first system that tries to take advantage of opportunities offensively. Um, and, and that allows them to stay in games and, and be able to compete and be able to hang around teams, and they play their asses off. And maybe at the beginning of the year when they were having a little bit of success, maybe teams were taking them lightly because they're like, oh, this is the Flyers. They suck, they suck, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of caught them by surprise with their compete level. But now teams are coming in, and they know that they're going to get that from the Flyers. They know they're going to get a hard effort coming back at them. And those teams have to be on their best game to win. And, and, and that's that's the nature of it. So I look at it and say, yeah, that's a, that's successful. Players have developed, young players. There are some young, nice young players who've developed and become into this, into this league and look like they're going to be good NHL caliber players. All of that is great. And I think that so when you look at it from that perspective, where you were a year ago and where you are now, there's definite progress. And so progress, any kind of progress is going to be good. Where my caveat comes in, Jay, is that you don't want it to – you don't want this to be fool's gold in the sense that you don't want to sit there and go, well, we're close because you're not. Yeah. There's, there's still more that a lot more that has to happen. Yes. These players can be part of an NHL team. There's no doubt about it, but who's your star players? Yeah. Where's your, other than Carter Hart, where's That's your top part? Where's yeah. your top end talent? Mm-hmm. It, Cause it's, it's not there. It's just, it's bereft. I mean, it's missing completely. Yes, there are good players, you know, but when you look at the best players on this team and you put them on, if you were to slot them into a roster spot on a Stanley right. Cup contender, yeah, where they go? They're third line, maybe second line on the forwards. Does any of your defensemen play top pair? I don't think so. Maybe Provorov because he can eat all those minutes and he's pretty good in his own end. But I mean, he's got so many, he's got some limitations um, in the offensive end with, you know, uh, catching the puck and, and, and things along those and just quick decision making. I, I think that he probably slots more as a second pair on a Stanley Cup team. So without a top pair defenseman on a Stanley Cup contender, without a top line or top two line player for a Stanley Cup contender, where exactly are you? You're a team that competes hard, you're a team mm-hmm. that plays that buys into what the coach is selling. So yes, it's successful from where the direct, where it was, but you still got a large hill to climb to get to where you really want to be. I think the key thing though, with your caveat is this, is that in everything that Torts is saying publicly, um, he's giving no indications that they're close. <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Like he, he's been so honest, like in transparent. A thousand percent, a thousand percent, because that's why it was so important that the organization finally, finally got behind him with the letter that he put out to, to the season ticket holders. Yep. To that basically, without using the word rebuild or without saying we're still a couple years away, hinted at it and kind of talked around it and let you know that they finally recognize as an organization where they're at and the direction that they need to head in. 
Yeah, I mean, and so, he, he, so that's he used good. The word rebuild when I talked to him on December twenty third. He did, but I mean that's yeah. the thing. Like, I, yeah. there was not a unified message prior to yeah. that letter. That yeah. was the first time it was it was signed off on by the Philadelphia Flyers, and it wasn't just torts talking. Yeah, right? that I goes mean, out, and and that's what people need to realize. Like a lot, people go, they don't communicate it with us. They don't talk. They don't tell us what their plan is, and then Torts sends out the letter, and it's communication basically to that effect, but everybody goes, why wasn't it the GM? <laughs> you know, well, he, I mean, and, the and spokesman right now, let's right, and, and the it. reason being, and the reason being Jay, let's be honest. The fans don't want to hear from the general manager. No, they don't want to, they don't, they don't believe him. Yeah. Torts has right. Torts has that. He's got cachet with yep. this fan base. And so therefore, if he says it, they're more likely to be on board with it than if, Fletcher said it, and then if if it came from Fletcher, the fans would be like, "Oh, now you're saying it? Where was yeah. this last year? Where was this? What, what about aggressive, aggressive retool? Re- retool, right? Right? All that stuff. What happened? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was smart from a PR perspective to do it the way that they did it. Yeah, and, yeah, and and Torts definitely is. You know, what what is success going to look like after the eighty-two games? I mean, there's still uh, a good amount of runway here, and some guys need to finish strong. You know, the, the notion of finding out who's who and what's what, you know, I was talking to Bill Meltzer about this. It's it's not necessarily a hard deadline for some players. They already maybe know either you're going to be part of it or you're not. And then there's other players that go, well, beyond the 82, he certainly warrants more of, I think like Morgan Frost falls into that category where I don't know if he's going to be like slam dunk. He's part of it, but he's got to continue to make progressive steps and develop more consistency. Hey. Yeah, and I, he's a he's a real interesting cat in this conversation, right? I mean, I, I, I you know, I've been on this show before and said that I don't see it, I don't believe it in Morgan. I think he's too inconsistent. I think he's had the time now. I mean, I know he had problems in the past with the injuries and the like, but I think that he's had enough time in the league now to to start to show more consistency. And I just don't, I just don't see it enough. But I do see. I do see what everybody else sees. I do see when he flashes, you know, what what's the, the skill that he has and what makes him so appealing and so tantalizing, right? Um, and yeah. frustrating at the same time. Right. But, but, yeah, he definitely needs these last 30 games or 27, whatever it is, 27 games to f- make a further evaluation. I don't think that the book is closed one way or another that he's part of the future or he's not part of the future. I think that he still has time to help them make that determination one way or the other. Um, so yeah, he's not, I don't think he's there yet, but can he get there? Sure. But it's on him. Yeah. And, and maybe beyond this season for him, you know, it, some guys may warrant a look into next season. Um, it's, you know, 82 games. It's not gonna, all decisions need to be made. It's like the Godfather, all well, family business is taken care of. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, you know, you're right. You're right. But here's the question that I have from that perspective. Okay. If you feel like you need to see more than the 82 games with Morgan Frost, where does he slot for you? Yeah. Well, going down the road. Yeah. That's the big thing. And that's exactly where I'm going next. Right. I mean, because you need you, centers. Right. And if you're not sure if he's a second line center, Third, I mean, maybe he's a third. I mean, I guess he could be a third line, but he doesn't. He's not. not a I don't think he plays. Yeah, he's not a checker. He's not a third line guy in, in traditional sense. I mean, if you're going to go with a different look and you're going to try and go three three lines that kind of move a little bit, and your fourth line is like a checking line, 
okay, then maybe he can kind of fit there. But that's really roster construction. And I don't think that that's how Torts wants to be. Like if Torts is going to be the coach, I don't think he wants his third line to be – I want to think he wants his third line to be a checking line, right? Yeah. I mean, Noah Cates is your ideal third line Bingo. center. Yeah. Ideal. And so where does Morgan fit? And if mm-hmm. he doesn't fit in your top two lines, then what is giving him another season to see if he develops that become? And how does that happen? Is he back on the wing again? Yeah, like, I think that ship has sailed on the wing. Like where, like, what do you do? That's why I, that's why I don't think, I think that there's more value in him having a good final 27 games showing that maybe he can be a regular in the NHL and using him as an asset to go in another direction. I think that's a, that would be the best case scenario for the Flyers because I don't think he ultimately is a top six forward on a team that competes for a Stanley Cup. I think he could be a top six forward on a bad team, but I don't think he could be a top six forward on a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, I mean, the centers thing, because we're hearing a lot about the need for centers. Fridge brought it up on 32 Thoughts and Marek's show as well. And Fridge, when you know the Flyers are looking for centers, and when, they, when he says that, He's heard that, <laughs> right? Right. He's right. not just pulling that out of the sky. Now, there's a couple of elements to that. Number one is okay, if a Dylan Larkin gets to free agency, they'd be obviously interested and he'd be a 1C. But where does Sean Couturier fit into this equation? And is he going to get back on the? Because I think it's paramount if he's cleared and everything, Ant, that he plays this year, that he gets 18 games in so they can see him if he can come back, stay healthy. What he is, I mean, he's going to be rusty. He's not going to be great this year. But is he going to be, is he going to have reliability of availability? You know, yeah. and because you can't move forward this summer with your center position. And is is that noise about Freed saying that the need for centers, is that some kind of indication on Couturier? You hearing anything there? No, I haven't. Um, but it's a great, but it's a great perspective on what, you know, Elliot saying that. Um because they, well, they obviously need a number one center. I, I, even if Couturier was able to come back, play 18 games, show he's healthy, be ready to go for next season. You need a dynamic center. It, yeah. He's still probably better suited on your second line, right, mm-hmm. for next season. So even if he returns, you still need that top-end guy. So that's why they need a center. And then, you obviously, you know, Couturier is an unknown. So really right now, what do you have at center? You know you have Noah Cates, and you like him, and you want him to be part of this going forward, and you know he's going to be. But where is he best suited? He's best suited on that third line. So when you say you're looking for centers, plural, obviously you're looking for a top-end guy, and you might need a second guy, right? So And Kevin Hayes is in the center here anymore. Right, and you might be willing to take both, and if Couturier comes back, well, then you have a – uh, you know, an embell- uh, 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 excess of riches, right? Yeah. And then it's great. Okay, now we now we have depth down the middle that we didn't have before. And if Coots can't be what he was, okay, well, that's unfortunate, but at least we have two guys that we know can play in those top top two pair. Yeah. So I think that that's why they're looking for centers, plural. Um, yeah, but they need them. And not only do they need, I mean, they need they need wingers too. I mean, let's be, let's be honest about it. I mean, Left TK hand. has fallen off. Yeah. Big time. 13 yeah. game drought. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it happens with him. Um, he this We saw this the last few years and we thought maybe Torts was able to pull out the better part of him and, and get him to be that guy that we thought he could always be. And then all of a sudden it just it just hit. And maybe he just struggles getting out of these kind of 
funks, yeah. right? Maybe that's. I, a I think thing he's hit a wall, Ant, because I mean he's doing more. He's playing. He's an all situations player now. Yeah, he's killing penalties, which are hard minutes. I think. I think he just hit that's a wall point. in the season, and because you know, with him and you know, he met with Danny about moving to the middle more and getting to the middle of the ice yep. with the puck more. He hasn't been doing that, and to me, that's a sign of fatigue. Yep. mental fatigue. I mean, all yep. the penalty kill minutes, all the top power play, all the five on five situations playing over 20 minutes, 21 minutes a night. I think he's just hit a wall that he's never kind of encountered before as a pro with just all the usage. Yeah. I, I think that that's a very, very good assessment. And that's the reason why you don't, you know, he's not a guy you look to get rid of because you say, okay, now, now he knows the, what that rigors are going to, what those rigors are going to be like. And yeah. next season he needs to, you know, we need you to do that much more to be ready for it. You need to yeah. get yourself mentally and physically prepared to deal with this kind because this is the kind of workload you're going to have. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, I think it's a big th- mental thing too. I agree with you. I think it's, yeah. you know, you hit a wall mentally there and like he came in and, you know, they lauded about the conditioning that he came in with, but you know, I think it's one of those situations where you didn't know what to expect playing all of these certain, you know, all of these very key roles mm-hmm. uh, to prepare yourself mentally for it. And you can, you can, kind of prepares and pace yourself in a way mentally. And we know he plays on a high, high motor. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely the case. And uh, yeah, no, and, and so when you, when you have that situation happen, I think that that's what, that's a, it's kind of, you know, where he is, right. I mean, he's, he needs mm-hmm. to, he's still young. I mean, people forget how that he's still kind of young. He's been he's in the 25. league for a long time, but he's 20, yeah. 25 years old, right. So yeah. he's still young and, and, and you are going to have those moments where you learn a little bit about yourself in your development of your game. At as this you come age, into your prime. Right, as you're coming yeah. into that prime. So, so I think next season, now that we know that we, now that he knows that this is what is going to be his responsibility, he, he needs to show that he can do that over the course of an 82-game season and not have it hit the wall. Yeah, right? he needs help too. I mean, this well, certainly. Team- struggles to score so much Certainly. there was so much on his plate it was it's yeah. absurd yeah. i mean to think that you're you're leaning on travis connecty and kevin hayes to be your go-to offense yeah they're, they're 40 those plus guys are, pace guys all of a sudden that they're not yeah there. i mean they're supposed to be secondary scorers right i mean mm-hmm. that's what they really are supposed to be yep i mean yeah you may be paying kevin hayes to be more than that but let, let's be honest what he really is um and and Connect me, I think, can be a second-line winger. I think that that's totally fair, and I think that that's where he probably ultimately belongs. But you're putting the pressure on him to be the best offensive player on a hockey team, and, and he's not that. He's yeah. just not that. And, and, and so, you know, if he you bring him back in that situation next year, give him some help, um, and then say, now let's see, you, let's see you handle this. And if we get to halfway through the season next season and we're hitting the same wall again, and it's a problem again, then maybe you say, okay, maybe this guy is not what we need him to be. But you don't do it now. You don't say, oh, you know, he's he's hit the wall. He's never going to be better. I think that you still give him that chance moving forward. He's earned it. He's yeah, he's earned it. And so therefore he's not a guy that you try to get. I think you look at him and say he's definitely part of the solution moving forward, at least temper at least for the first year or so yeah. of the solution. Right. And then maybe it's maybe it's longer, but let's let's wait and see. Yeah, if you could, because if you can get some other talent here and you don't have to have that reliance on him, then you can deploy him a little bit more, you know, be more, you know, more keen on how you deploy him, not in every high stress situation. 
and give him some support. And if he gets the support, that could help a lot. I think so. Um, but but again, that's requires acquiring some high end talent either via the draft or free agency or some kind of hockey trade this summer. And do you, do you get a sense that you talk to a lot of people, the organizational direction is everybody on the same page and and how you know this team's going to move beyond this season and you know Cutter Gauthier is a guy I I think he should go back for another year you know Matty Beniers went back Owen Power went back you know these are Powers a number one overall Beniers is a number two overall they went back to win a national championship it's not any kind of slight on the player but do you feel like the organizational direction is kind of everybody's in concert if you will uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I no don't. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. I mean, I, I don't. I don't feel like everybody's in concert. I I think that they're starting to get more in concert, but I still think that there's a difference in opinion on how to go about doing what they have to do. Mm-hmm. I think there are some people who want to take a slower, longer path, and there are people who feel like it can be expedited somewhat. Someone um, microwave, someone a slow cook. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's that. But but the good news is, is I think that they they've all come to the realization that you're not you you can't keep doing what we've been doing. And that's, you know, try and put band-aids on it and get just get into the playoffs and see if we can't make a make a run. I think they got I think they got caught up in the 1920 season, what happened that year and how they were playing and thought, darn, we're close. Right. We were one game from the conference finals. We're close. And it just carried on a little bit too long. They needed to recognize a little sooner that they weren't as close as they thought. And, 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 but the, and they didn't. But I think now you're starting to see that, okay, maybe they all realize that. But now the question is, how quickly can you turn that around? And there are some people who think it takes five years. There are some people who think you could do it in two. Well, every it's situation's prob- different. It's yeah. probably somewhere in between. Right. In all honesty, um, it's probably somewhere in between. It's probably three to four. Um, But I think they all need to kind of get onto the same page with that next. And it doesn't matter. Trade deadline. I don't think it's a big deal. I know a lot of people make a big deal out of it. It, It's a it's a time for rentals. Right. I mean, yes. If if the Flyers can get out from under a contract, that's a huge win. But if they don't, if they don't move a big con, I mean, obviously JVR, that's the one, but I mean, he's not, he's a one year guy anyway. So it doesn't make a difference. Um, if you get a draft pick, if you get a third round pick for JVR, awesome. If you get a second round pick. Conditional second, I think. Is yeah. Right I, yeah. I mean, that's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a third. And if, but depending on either how he does or how far the other team goes in the playoffs, it could get bumped to a second. And yeah. I think that and certain teams, if he resigns there too. Could be. Yeah. That could be part. That could be a condition as well. Um, so I think all of those things are uh, are about right, right? Um, so, but other than that, I mean, what, what, what's the deadline? The deadline in the NHL has really just become a hype. <laughs> it's all about trading for rentals. Yeah, it really is. It really and, and is. they very rarely work. And <laughs> I know, I know. It's cra- so really the so the off season is the, is the time that's a reset the roster. To reset the roster, you ain't, you, nothing exciting is going to happen here. Uh, like I said, if you get an extra draft pick, great. If you blow out a contract somehow, some way, all the better, you know. Yeah. But you know, like I look at I look at a guy like Hayes, for example, right? Let's just take him as an example. You know, even if you're willing to eat part of his contract, the the fact that you're not allowed to 
change how much of the contract you're allowed to eat each season. Yes. It's stupid, handcuffs. right? It, it really handcuffs you because if you're if you're the Flyers, you look at it and say, okay, well, we can get out from under this contract, but do we really want three and a half million of dead money for three more seasons? Yeah. It, you know? It's like the Carlson deal, too. Same thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if I really want, really want to do that. Like, yeah. I, I, that's that's too much. That might be too much. And I know the cap's going to go up eventually, and that that dead money becomes less and less. But at the same time, when you're it's trying to dead money, <laughs> it's dead money, right? It's yeah. still dead money, and it's it's not about the actual physical, you know, dollars because Comcast has got bazillions. They don't really care in that regard. It's the fact that you actually have to manage this on a salary cap scale. Yeah. Um. So that's part of the problem. I mean, and and so that's why it's going to be so hard to move his contract at the deadline. But you get to the off season. That's a more palatable contract to move. Yeah. Teams will be, might be more interested at that point. So it might make, it might you, I think you're going to see the flyers. They also have more knowledge in the off season app because yeah. they know X players retiring or we're planning on moving X Y player, you know, yeah. and, and not only more that, teams, but more teams might be interested. Bingo. That's the big thing. You know, yeah. at the deadline, you have only a few teams that are interested and can fit it within a season, you know. And then yeah. in the offseason, when you're resetting your roster and resetting, you know, your your organizational path, it's you can get way more teams involved, which is why, like, you know, people say they need to trade Prover off the deadline, get what they can for him. I'm going, what, first of all, be careful <laughs> because right. this is a guy that's available all the time, eats a ton of minutes. How are you plugging the hole? Are you just moving Cam York to the left side? You know, is he a top pairing left side defenseman? I, I don't know that. So there's a lot of, you know, you got to consider all these things. I know it's the easy thing to say, you know, like get rid of everybody, you know, trade them all. <laughs> is that, is um, that an, that's an honor, huh? You're doing that. Yeah, that's an homage tomorrow? to him in his last it's, day tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you know, the, the big key here is going to be roster construction and how they move forward and, um, you know, getting rid of guys, you, you got to, there's a cost for a replacement too. You can't just, you know, chuck guys in there and expect to advance. And, you know, you got to start moving incrementally right now. They right. Like we started off and said, so far, this has been progress, but you got to continue show. You can't go progress, step back. Can't do that. <laughs> or right. you lose the room, you lose the players, you lose the fans yet again. So those are all parts of it that you got to keep moving forward here. Um, with this and, and how you build it. And one, I had torts uh, yesterday. I taped him for today's Flyers Daily. He's on. And, you know, I asked him about, you know, this time in the year, the psychology of, you know, the, the dog days of the season and preventing slippage. I thought that they really played poorly in a lot of that Seattle game. They ended up losing four to three. They've been tonight. But I also, you know, they had a, a couple roster moves and they recalled Sam Harrison. Now Grosnick is back and available for the Phantom. So I think that's the key element of it. Number one, but I asked towards about Sam Harrison and now carrying three goalies. Cause we know three goalies is not ideal. There's right. only two creases in practice. Yeah. And it's not like having an extra winger or something like that. So I'm gonna play this for you and get your thoughts on what Torts had to say regarding having three goalies, the three goalies uh, on this road trip. Yeah, I'm going to leave it up to Dilly. Uh, Urs is here. Uh, I think Urs, if, if I don't play Carter, Urs will be the guy that, that I consider him our backup. I think Urs has been our best goalie, quite honestly, right on through camp. Uh, now we've uh, we've got some health going on down there with Grosick coming back. 
not, you know, with Sandy, I, I just don't think he's played well enough. And uh, I think Earth deserves to be the number two guy. He will be the two guy. And Dilly will figure out divvying up the practice time but amongst the three goalies, but making sure he takes care of one and two. For for Felix, is it it's just that one goal, right? Towards yep. that that yep. he, like in the in the Seattle game, you don't like that fourth one because he just doesn't yep. regain his feet. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's such a good kid. He works so hard, makes great saves, uh, but I, I just don't think he's made enough saves. And uh, met with him after the game, uh, told him the situation because I didn't want him to get blindsided with a transaction and. Uh, you know, we handled it well. You know, he, he wants to play, but uh, the reason why he has struggled uh, uh, getting wins in the National Hockey is just getting a few more minutes out of him and making a key save at a key time. All right, so there's there's Torts talking about Felix Sandstrom and Sam Erson, and Erson is the number two. Shocked to hear that? No. Um, Verbalized, yeah. though? Well... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not, I, I think it became pretty obvious, right, Jay? I mean, over um, the holidays when they sent Sandstrom down for a conditioning assignment and let Urson stay as the backup, right? I mean, I think I think that was indication number one that they looked at Urson as the better option behind Carter Hart. Um, and he gets sent down for two reasons. A, because he doesn't have to clear waivers and Sandstrom right. does and they had the injury to Grosnick. And B... Um, you know, you, you look at the situation and you go, we're not going to, we have to send him back down. He needs to play more. Right. <laughs> he didn't play sure. last year. For sure. So uh, the one question, the one thing that I try to figure, I'm trying to figure out and, um, is, you know, why they feel Sandstrom is a guy that they just kind of need to keep around other than the fact that, you know, you, you don't have a lot of experience down with the Phantoms. I get that, right? But is Sandstrom at 1-8-1 and one or whatever the hell his record is and, and the bad numbers he put up, if you were to put him through waivers, do you really think that someone would take him at this point? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe they would. But, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not certain that that's a gamble that's not worth at least taking. I think and they then will you get- take it when they return from the trip. But but you know, the thing is, is, like, I don't know what the other 31 teams – like is Columbus going to trade Corpusalo and all of a sudden they need another goalie and they know they're going to move him? Yeah, maybe you, know, you hold you on until from... after the deadline. Maybe you hold on until after the deadline. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is you go, but you can't keep him here another two and a half weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, like you can't just sit around and you know these teams. You can go from being set organizationally a goalie to not being set really quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But I mean, I'm saying that if you feel like he is not ready. I mean, he needs more work to get to where he needs to be, to be an NHL backup, because that's probably his ceiling, right? At this point, mm-hmm. Felix Sandstrom uh, at best. Then, then I think it's worth taking the shot of seeing if you can get him through waivers. And if you lose him, you lose him. And you're right. I mean, yes, one injury can blow things up, but it's not like you're competing to win this year. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we, what are we going to do? we lost the goalie. Okay. Yeah. So you go pull somebody off the scrap heap, you know, the detriment's not there, right? There's no detriment. So like, I don't know. So that's the one thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around um, where Felix Sandstrom fits into this equation moving forward. Like why, why jump through these hoops? They obviously think that there's some, there's a reason to keep him and a reason to protect from him from being claimed by another team. 
but is it really to just say, well, we don't want to be in a situation if somebody gets hurt that we don't have another body? Yeah. Because that's pointless. You could sign somebody for a minor league contract and just play them at the Phantoms. I mean, if you have to. I mean, that's just I also I don't think know. they want to keep Arison available for the Phantoms playoff run. I, I again I get that, but you can always send him down if need be. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter who your backup is at that point. If if it's April and you have, what, three games left, does it matter who's sitting behind Carter Hart on the bench? No, it might be me. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's my point. So, like, it really doesn't make a difference. So there's got to be something else to this. Now, would Why? I be a sign that they're tanking? <laughs> I'm the backup. <laughs> uh, who? By the way, do you know who the in-house – E-bug. emergency goalie is uh there's two now um, oh, there's they two? wrote uh, i know one of them i don't know the other guy's name but justin kolowakowski is the one he played okay. at colgate okay he's originally from minnesota and um went to play to d1 at colgate um is my beer league fill-in for many years as well <laughs> um when i can't make it he would i would call him up and he would sub for me and uh he lives in the area so yeah, yeah he, he does half the games and the other one does the other half he's gotten yeah. dressed a few times justin has yeah uh, but he has not obviously gotten into a game, but um, he, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, a good goalie too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I mean, so that's what I, so that's the one thing Jay that I'm, I'm really just trying to still piece through like what their, what their whole MO is here with Sandstrom. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up on these two subjects. We'll talk about deadline real quick, potential yeah. guys to be moved and potential call up as a result of that. Um, so deadline, obviously we talked about JVR, Last year of his deal, very likely you'll eat some money to get a, the peak return that you can get. Braun, I mean, he's played so little, so you're not going to really. Yield. But there seems to be some conversation around Nick Sealer um, that a lot of teams are interested in. He's had a really good year. I mean, considering he's making under $800,000 a year, he signed beyond this year, too. Um, and I mean, even if he's making that money and he's your seven, you have no problem with that. Right. Um, he's a guy that plays hard and, you know, the term was out there that I think it was Dave Pagnota and Anthony DeMarco that reported that they would have to be pseudo blown away by a deal for him. Now that's not saying they wanted number one in the 2023 draft unprotected for Nick Sealer. It's blown away by, you know, his level. Right. So, I mean, if you got a third or a fourth, then I, you, you take could see moving. Yeah. You take it. But other than that um, is a fifth round pick and a guy that's got a four and a half percent chance worth it. When you got a player that's that cheap, that's giving you minutes and and has value and mm-hmm. has value because he's familiar with your team. He's familiar with your your coaching staff and with the system that you have in place. Does a fifth, like you said, does a fifth round pick or later benefit you more than that? And I, the answer is absolutely 100 percent. No, yeah. it's just not. So why why make the move? Like it doesn't that doesn't make any sense, especially like you said, you can bring him back next year for 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 a song. Right, I mean, well, he's signed your, for next year too. I think so. That's what I'm saying. For yeah. I'm saying he, you can bring, and, and he's back for a song. Um, and even like you said, even if he's not the, in the top six, he's a valuable depth guy to have Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, you have to get. But then again, they got a third round pick last year for for Justin, Justin Braun, which floored me um, a little bit. So, well, he's the right you know, side too. That's the other. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And so look, if you get a third round pick for Nick Sealer, fine. Then oh you God. do it. Yeah. But then see you next. But other than that, I don't know. Fourth round, you probably, I, I waffle. 
I, I waver a little bit. I say maybe, maybe not. Depends. I have to really think about it. But anything below that, no, you keep him. Yeah. What about uh, Patrick Brown? He's another guy on an expiring deal. Could be center depth, PK depth, depth for a team. But you, again, the return is yeah. not going to be significant. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm um, good with that. I don't think he's the, part of the future. The other guys, we kind of tipped on this, I think are more off-season potential moves. Yeah. Um, here, here's the guys that I listed. I listed six guys as potential off-season hockey trades. Mm-hmm. Provorov, Konechny. Yep. I don't want to move Konechny, but yeah. he's on that list. Sanheim, Tony D'Angelo, Kevin Hayes, and Morgan Frost. You know, D'Angelo is a guy I would, if you could find a way to get him, get something for him at the deadline, I would consider it. Yeah, because he's got I, one year after this. He's only got five. one year after one year after this, and I think that there's a lot. There's value to his game, even if he makes a lot of boneheaded mistakes at times. His mistakes there, there, are high event. <laughs> yeah, but there are there's a lot of value to his game, especially for a team that's contending. Man, he can he really helps a power play. He moves the puck PP2. well. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I think that there's value there. I mean, he's a guy, if you could get something for him at the deadline, I would certainly consider it. Um, yeah. And if not, then yes, I would look to, I, I could see you moving him next, going into next season because it's only, you know, he's only got a year left and it's palatable for, for teams to take that on. Um, Provorov, we know, we've had that discussion a million times. I, I do think that there's going to be some movement there eventually in some capacity. Um Sanheim, I think that ties to Provorov, right? I mean, if if Provorov goes, then you're probably keeping Sanheim. Yeah, especially because of that contract. I think that's that's a limiting that limits you a little bit. I, I'm not certain how many teams would want that term, even though the money's not awful. I think that the term is just long. It's a lot of a lot of years to commit to a guy that's a second pair guy, right? Um, he had a season commensurate with last year. He would have got that on the open market, but the one last year, obviously, but right, he would have got that on the open market um, based on what's on the market and what he's been. Yeah. But he's been erratic this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Connecting. We talked about who else did you mention? Hayes and Frost. Hayes, we kind of talked about too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Frost, we did too, but the, yeah, those I are think... the potential guys I see. I don't see like Tippett or, no, I, I liked I like what Tippett's done this Kate's, year. Kate's no way towards Lawson. Yeah, no, towards loves Kate's. Um, and Lawton's your basically your captain. He's your de facto captain, right? Yeah. Wade um, Allison. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's fine. I mean, Allison's just he's a guy. Um, uh, but no, I like Tippett. I think Tippett's done a nice job this year. I think he's had a couple of stretches of inconsistency, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. Um, and I think he also slots in again, like, you know, as a guy who can get you 20 to 25 goals a season and, mm-hmm. you know, be a useful player in your lineup. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's good there. I, let's put it that way. Yeah, when you look back at the Giroux trade now, you don't cringe. No, it's not. It wasn't a terrible trade. I mean, you're going to no. get a you're going to get a first round pick and a guy who's going to get you 20 to 25 goals a year for him going to Florida for 20 games in a playoff series. Yeah. Like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Florida's the gaff here because they they traded for him and didn't keep him, and you know they won the president's trophy, but that doesn't go on your mantle. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't get out of the first round. Um, and then the likely call ups. I mean, Brink is a guy that missed a lot of this year. I think they wanted to get him as much games in as many situations down there as possible. So yeah. maybe at some point towards the end, you get to look at Brink again. Yes. Um, but Tyson Forster's playing a lot of situations down there. He doesn't make sense here now, but maybe after the deadline, if JVR goes, he could make sense. Yeah. If you trade Patrick Brown, maybe Denoye to play fourth line center. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I, you know, there's been a lot of they've liked him now for a little bit, and I think that he's playing they well. Definitely wanna, yeah, he's played well for the Phantoms too. I think that they want to they want to give it a shot. So yeah, um, I do think goals. I do think you see him. I do think you see him come up this year uh, after the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, and then Lixell's obviously in that mix as well. He's, and yeah, then, he's he's already here. Yeah, and Ronnie Adderd, if Adderd. they were to trade a right side, if they were to trade a guy like uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, he, I mean, I talked to up. I talked to a scout earlier in the season who is high on Ronnie Adderd and thinks that he's going to, you know, really fit into a good role in the NHL and thinks that he's going to be a, a good player. Again, not top not top pair, but he's going to be a guy that you can rely on to play, you know, solid minutes and, and not make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see how it plays out. But um, certainly a lot of angles for discussion on Snow the goalie. How's everything going on the pod? How's Russ doing? Is he, I know he had another kid. Is that his fourth? <laughs> That's his fourth. It's his fourth. Cut he's your now balls sur- off already. He's now surpassed me and Bundy because we yeah, well, he's tied Bundy. He's he surpassed me. I have three. Bundy has four. Uh, so he's tied Bundy. I think he just wants to. You know, I keep saying you're you're going for the lead, right? You, I said you blew past me. You know, you, you tied up with Bundy. I think you're going to go with uh, you put the basketball team together. He said, "Not not going to happen." I said, "Yeah." You also told me it wasn't going to happen after two. Yeah. Now you have four. So what, what, you know, number five is going to happen at some point. I'll tell so. you, I'm never going to catch him. I'm not punching that clock box to zero to go to diapers and all that bullshit. Jay, Jay, you know why I have three kids, right? Why is that? Because I don't want four. Exactly. <laughs> I've been saying it for 21 years. Yeah. That's exactly what I've been saying for 21 years. I have three kids because I don't want four. Yeah, I'm good. I got the yeah. three, and I'm good there. Um, yeah. And great stuff. Uh, check out Ant's work on Snow the Goalie, the podcast. Also uh, on Twitter, at Ant's and Philly. Uh, Crossing Broad as well. You're a multimedia star, and we appreciate it, brother. Be well. <laughs> yeah, anytime, Jay. Love, ta- love talking hockey with you. There he is. Anthony Sam Filippo joining us across abroad. Great stuff. And uh, always love talking to him. Glad he's feeling better and back in the equation. And uh, uh, that's always great news as well. But right now on Thursday edition of Stick to Hockey Live, episode 50, we got a little something. We're going to make you some money. How about that? A little something we call Tones Takes. stick to hockey live how about tones takes tone how we doing good jason how you doing good got an interesting card tonight in the nhl anything uh really popping out for you because i know ovi's out tonight with the passing yeah. of his father so condolences to him uh but no ovechkin and, and they got an interesting matchup tonight yeah they play florida um big, big game uh florida's two points behind uh washington for a playoff spot so actually there's two plays i like in this game uh, first, I'm going to go with uh, Florida to win, um, minus 120. I like the w- way their second half has looked after the all-star break. They won uh, three of five. Bobrovsky is in the zone right now, and you know, as I know, when that when that guy gets hot, he's hot. He has a .951 save percentage in his uh, four starts, gave up one goal in three of them, and then the other one was four against Colorado, but he got peppered with 49 shots on goal. Uh, Florida's coming off that St. Louis game, 6-2 loss the other night. Well, they have played St. Louis, but Spencer Knight is just – the kid's having a, a horrible year, unfortunately. they got to get yeah. him right. But um, I really like Florida tonight. I know Bennett's out for Florida. Caps, they've had injuries all year long. 
Um, you know, as you mentioned, Obi's out, Dowd is out, Carlson's still out, um, uh, Haglin's out, Wilson's out. So I kind of like Florida to kind of, you know, grind out a win here and at minus 120, I, you know, I think, I think it's a good price on them. Yeah, when you look at the Panthers right now, boy, they're in a dogfight right now, Tone. This is, this is like shit or get off the pot time for them because yep. they are two points back of that final spot. And the team that they're battling for wild card to is the opponent tonight. That's exactly. the Caps. So that's a huge yep. two-for-one game tonight uh, down yep. there with Florida. Um, you know, uh, Kuznetsov, and, you know, you like him tonight. I know with uh, a shot total, and he's a guy that will fire the pill. Um, incredibly talented offensive player, but you like Kuzi tonight? I do. Over two and a half shots on goal, plus 136. I mean, I think this price is outrageous. Uh, he's with OB in, out, uh, right? With OB out, yeah. He's hit it in four of his last five games without Ovechkin dating back to last year. Uh, two times this year, a couple weeks ago against Vegas, he had three shots on goal. And then the other night against Carolina, who's a tough opponent, you know, because um, they're a puck possession, he had four shots on goal. So, And he also had eight against Florida in the earlier meeting this season, which was a 5-2 Florida win. So at plus 136, I think Kuzi is a great book. He's second on the, on the team in shots and second on the team in attempts. So I, I think this price is a, it's a great price on him. And you can find value on these shot on goal props if you, if yep. you dig into stuff like this. I mean, I, I personally, I don't lay juice on these, even if it's like minus 110. It's just not what I do. Always look for these plus prices. And this is a great one here, I think. Yeah. And when you're on a team with Ovechkin, you're never going to lead the team in shots on goal. <laughs> you just yeah, exactly. there, There's games where he has 10 or 12. It's insane. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> but, but that's why he's chasing down Gretzky for the goals record too, because yep. he can shoot it with incredible, you know, precision and it's a bomb as well. So, cause nets off uh, over two and a half shots on goal at plus plus one thirty six. I love that play. You actually like a play tonight on the flyers. This is, it's not technically a home and home tone because right. the, the, the Seattle team had a game on Tuesday in Winnipeg where they lost in the shootout. They had a pretty rough road trip with the exception of the game against the flyers. But that brings a little revenge for the Flyers on the road here. And I always am really weary of a team returning home out of time zone on a long trip and that first game back home. So you like the Flyers getting a lot of value here. I do. Flyers plus 170. I love this spot for them. Uh, Revenge, short-term revenge, right? That's the best kind of revenge. They just played on Sunday. I like doing this a lot, like especially in these East-West games, like if one team wins – uh, you know, one game back to back the other team to get some revenge, especially now when it's, you know, not even it's under a week, you know, a week in between games. So um, Carter Hart should be back in goal tonight. I know Urson is back with the team, but either way, like both have been have been solid this year. Flyers actually have a better record on the road than they do at home. Seattle has a, has a worse record at home than they do on the road. So and I mentioned last week, I think Seattle is going to be a fade here in the second half and they've already fallen a little bit. Um, so I like the price from the Flyers here, plus 170, especially with this team, the way Torts has them playing. They're in every game. Uh, I think they went out to Seattle last year, and they they won in Seattle as well. Um, so I think the value is in the Flyers here. So um, plus 170, I'll, you know, definitely, definitely give them a look. No doubt. And they're coming off a game where it was one of those games this year. I don't think we've seen a lot of them, Tone, where the team, you know, other than the first five minutes of the game and maybe a little bit in the third because they got a lot of shots, to Grubauer, but they, they didn't have the same level of intensity. You know, Torch talks about the standard, and they didn't right. have it in that game. So maybe it's three and four because of that, and the emotional games against and tight games against Edmonton and Nashville 
led to that. But um, I, yeah, I expect them to come out with their hair on fire tonight and get mm-hmm. back going. And I, TK, you know, he hasn't scored in 13 games. He's got to yeah, get back yeah, on the board. Absolutely. Didn't have a shot in the last two games. That's the problem. He's got to work yeah. to the inside and get the puck to the net. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they do tonight in Seattle. It's going to be an interesting game out there. They kick off a four-game road trip. Turn on the year at Dimers.com. NHL props plus 41.19 uh, units. Goalie props. I love this. How about that? Uh, and then you got the uh, plus the totals plus 20.72 props. So and 49.46 uh, units plus side on the year. People get your stuff at Dimers and where else? Yeah, every day on Tones Takes at Twitter, uh, daily plays. I'll have more later on today as lineups get confirmed. Uh, actually, you know, mentioning the revenge part. I mean, I kind of like New Jersey tonight, too. So I'm going to look to be on them in the same way. Just waiting to hear if Jack Hughes is back in the lineup or not. So more yeah, more plays he, later on. Yeah, he's a slightly key component. They got the St. Louis yes, Blues he tonight. <laughs> he's been unbelievable. Um, Tone, thanks for doing this. We'll talk next week and uh, cash him in, brother. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. All right, there he is. Tones takes another edition here on Stick to Hockey Live. So that's going to put a wrap on episode 50. Flyers in Seattle tonight. They've got uh, Saturday, they've got Vancouver Flyers after dark again. And then on Monday, late afternoon game, 4 o'clock in Calgary, and then 9 o'clock in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. So a lot of hockey coming up. We'll join you next week for... More great hockey content on Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Watching. Leave us a nice five-star rating and review. We would much appreciate that. That'll help other hockey and flyer fans find this podcast as well. So, everybody, have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time on Stick to Hockey Live.